Fast First Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. It's free on all platforms, including YouTube, five days a week. Come join us. Tell your friends to do the same. Make it your first listen. It's your team every day. Today's episode is a mailbag episode. We're going to answer listener-submitted questions all episode long. If you want to get involved in a future mailbag episode, the best way to do that is to email me. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is the address. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is the address. That's the best place. That's the best way to get in contact with me, period. Uh, it, you know, if you have friends who've emailed me, you know, they will tell you that I respond to like, you know, 80% of the emails. I'm pretty good about it. That's, that is a great way to reach me, a great way to get your questions into the show. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and day of the show, I will send out a tweet soliciting questions. You respond to that tweet. I will do my best to get you in the show. We've reached a saturation point where I just, uh, we, I have 60 questions this week, which is incredible. We've, uh, maybe more than 60, like email boxes is overflowing. The, the tweet I sent out has more responses than I could possibly, uh, possibly get to in an episode. That is awesome. I feel really wonderful that you have, you are all are supporting the show in that manner. That is so darn cool to me. Uh, Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for telling your friends. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for wanting to be involved. This team has been so darn good. Um, I'm glad that you are excited about it. But, <laughs> but it made sorting through these a little bit easier. So, or a little bit more challenging. So to make it easier on me, quite frankly, uh, there were some big themes that were that were touched on by many, 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 many question askers. So we're going to stick with the sort of the largest questions. I, we got three of three of the most common questions that were asked. That's what we're going to handle on today's mailbag. If you asked a question that's evergreen, I'll get to it in the future. I, I save them. I like I got an organization system for them. No worries. But uh, yeah, like we've I'm. I'm overwhelmed by the popularity of this particular mailbag episode, and I am deeply appreciative it appreciative appreciative of it as well. Even if that word tripped me up a little bit there, so let's get into it. The first the first big question, the first like uh, overarching question that everyone asks is, "Hey, Mike, you still think they're going to trade Josh Hart?" And this goes back to something I'd been saying during the offseason and then leading up to the, the start of the season is that I thought Josh Hart was the most tradable player on the roster and that he was the most likely player to be traded. And let me tell you, Josh Hart's been ballin'. He's been fantastic. He's been a joy. He's been a delight. He is he's Josh Hart might be my, my favorite player to watch play basketball in the NBA right now. Um, and I am someone who spends a lot of time watching NBA League Pass. I adore watching Josh Hart. He is a treat. But him playing well doesn't make him less tradable. That's not how this works. Let's tease this out a little bit, though, because why he's tradable, there's there's kind of a lot that goes into it. And I think it's worth considering sort of all of the circumstances. Uh, Josh Hart will very likely be a free agent next summer. He has a player option on his contract for just shy of $13 million. For the sake of this podcast, we'll call it $13 million. He has a... Uh, the, the Blazers, it's non-guaranteed, so if he opts in, there's a world that the Blazers could could choose not to guarantee it. It's like a dual option, and, and there's it would be a strange confluence of events where he came back on that deal. He is almost certainly going to enter free agency, sign a multi-year contract either with the Blazers or with someone else, and keep it moving because he's a good basketball player. 
he is not the only person that the Blazers have who is entering free agency this summer. Jeremy Grant is entering free agency. Uh, to a lesser extent, Justice Winslow is entering free agency. Jeremy Grant has been awesome. Jeremy Grant has been rumored to also be interested in a four-year maximum contract extension, which I believe is in the, in the range of $112 million. It's like $28 bucks a year for Jeremy Grant. If they pay Jeremy Grant, it doesn't mean they cannot pay Josh Hart, but it means they would very likely be a luxury tax-paying team next season if they were to retain both gentlemen. There is probably some reasonable questions whether this particular ownership group is interested in being a luxury tax team and how far they would be willing to dip into the luxury tax. I think they'll end up paying it. They'll just have to, like... Damian Lillard is getting paid too much money. Every time he's getting paid too much money, you gave Yusuf Nurkic a big contract too. Like at some point in the next couple seasons, they're going to end up being a tax team probably, but it's a appetite for how much they want to do that. And so that, that factors in Josh Hart's pending free agency in conjunction with, uh, Jeremy Grant's pending free agency and, and ability to sign a big contract and probably being worth a big contract, at least in the very, very early returns of the season factor in. Also, the Blazers could stand an upgrade in the front court. Josh Hart is fantastic. And I was talking to some friends today and they said, you know, like they were asking me the same thing. Like, you know, you still think they trade Josh Hart? He seems to be the guy. And I, and I was like, can you imagine this team without Josh Hart? And one of them said, hell no. Like he's been like heart and soul is an overused word. And it's like, feels really cliche because the name is Josh Hart. But he is just, he is everywhere and he's wonderful and he is such a I think the better word for it that I've settled on here is tone setter he has been a a phenomenal tone setter for this team he just doesn't he does not have a he only plays at one speed and one rate he doesn't you cannot turn the volume down on Josh Hart he goes hard at all times he is playing full throttle and and that is what is so freaking enjoyable about him he's snatching rebounds at 6'5 he plays like a dang center he's just he's a delight dude's a delight so it's hard to imagine right now them trading Josh Hart, right? Because he's just the perfect thing that they have, the perfect tone setter for what they need. But they could use some more size. They could use another, they could use a, a Josh Hart who's 6'9". Like they could use, they could just use a bigger version of him. Hard to get, hard to trade Josh Hart straight across for someone who's just like a little bit taller version of Josh Hart. Hard to do that, hard to make that upgrade. But you can't get better in, the, in trades by trading players who are worse. Josh Hart's, talent makes him tradable that's how this works uh it's just i think that's just like the that's the the i don't know uncomfortable but real truth of of, of the situation absolutely that, that is the truth of the situation so i don't think to answer the question in, in a long-winded way as i intended to i don't think that my stance has necessarily changed I think Josh Hart was the most tradable player on the team at the beginning of the year. I think Josh Hart has kicked ass to, for the first four games of the season, um, kicked butt, but like he's still the piece that would be most likely to be traded if you were to be chasing an upgrade because he is talented and because he is on an expiring or likely to be expiring contract. If you trade him to a good team, he will help that good team win because he's a really good basketball player and you might be able to get something back. Or if there are a bunch of teams that are entering the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes and selling off talented veterans, 
it's a chance for you to trade them Josh Hart in exchange for maybe multiple players to boost your to to boost your depth, juice the end of the bench and get some maybe get, you know, two pretty good players in exchange for a darn good player in Josh Hart and the team of taking on Josh Hart wouldn't be burdened by future money. Uh I think there's a scenario where, you know, at some point, the Utah Jazz are going to have to get bad, but like that's a that's a future that's a future problem for them. Uh, but like, yeah, I think I think several teams are going to bail out of this thing in in February and say we we would like to be bad because we want a chance at drafting a generational talent in Victor Wembanyama. And I think the Blazers could be if they're a team heading in the other direction, a team that benefits from that. And Josh Hart could be the vehicle that gets it done. Doesn't mean Josh Hart's bad. It doesn't mean that he isn't the absolute perfect tone setter for this team, the perfect player for what Chauncey Billups wants to do and all of those things. It's just the nature of the business. There's a financial component and there's a reality of how you get better with trades, which is trading good players. Um, you, you got Sometimes you got to... you. You got to give up stuff to get stuff, and Josh Hart might be the best stuff the Blazers can give up. That said, I love watching Josh Hart, and uh, the I'm lucky enough to go to a bunch of these games, a bunch of these home games. Watching him in person is a joy, and selfishly, yeah, I would like to continue doing that for a while. So, I don't know, stick around, dog. Uh, don't do it, but. You know, it, it, I think the logic that I had in the in the preseason that people were wondering if it changed the way Josh Hart had played. No, no, Josh Hart rocks, and he still rocks, and that doesn't make him less tradable. It just, it is what it is. All right, I got question, more questions coming up about in the second segment about Yusuf Nurkic and Drew Eubanks, that center tandem for the Blazers. But first, I want to tell you about LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why people have to check out LinkedIn jobs. You got to do it. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right folks for your team faster and for free. You can use their simple tools like screening questions, which make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you could quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, let's keep it rolling on this glorious mailbag Wednesday. When you're listening to a classic mailbag Wednesday here, not an alliterative, but a special delivery mailbag just the same. So in the mountain of questions I got that, again, I am very thankful for, the most, the next most common question, actually this was the third most common question, but the next most common question is ending the show. It's about Gary Payton II. Uh, stick around for that one. It's a, it's a fun discussion. Well, get, join me there in a moment, but let's talk Nurk. A lot of folks were curious about use of Nurkic's play early in the season and what I think of it. Uh, there were questions like that range from like, what can we get for trading Yusuf Nurkic? And the simple answer is like another similar meet, like trading an expensive, decent center gets you a decent, uh, expensive, decent center. That is the most likely thing. The other was, is Drew Eubanks, you know, is Drew Eubanks better than Yusuf Nurkic? I don't think so. I don't think so. Drew Eubanks is fun and good and um, he plays really hard. You, 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 you do not get cheated in the Drew Eubanks minutes. But Nurk's passing ability, his rebounding, um, 
He's he's a he's really good ma- manipulating dribble handoffs in a way that Drew Eubanks isn't quite there yet. He's he's better than Drew. Um, he's I don't think Yusuf Nurkic has been big. So like the overarching questions they range from a lot of different ways, but the overarching question is like, what do they do with this guy? And the answer is probably nothing. And I don't mean that to be like dismissive of the concern. I just mean that in the reality, this is who Yusuf Nurkic is. The frustrating rushing his finishes is who he is. The inconsistent play is who he is. The highs, like when he played against the Suns and he was darn good controlling the glass and and guarding DeAndre Ayton. That's part of who he is. The lows, like in the game one against Sacramento, or I thought he wasn't very good against the Lakers at all. Um, and uh, and even even his early struggles against the Nuggets, where he couldn't he could not find the bucket and missed a whole bunch of layups in that first quarter. The lows are part of it. He's he he is at an age in the NBA where guys don't really add a, a significant amount to their game. They tweak around the edges. They sharpen some skills. They get a little better here and there. They get smarter. They're just like they've seen a lot, so their recognition of patterns in the league are get a little better. So they're smarter on offensive defense because they've just seen a lot of NBA basketball and can recognize it quickly. That stuff improves. Your skills are your skills for the most part. Nurk is who he is. His highs are pretty high. His lows are pretty frustrating. And he can be frustrated. As of watching him, it's easy to get frustrated with the lows because sometimes he compounds a bad mistake with three more. It's what longtime listener Liam, my homie Triple L, calls foul momentum. It's when Nurk picks up one stupid foul and then he picks up a second stupid foul because he's just caught the momentum. Shout out to Triple L. It's... It doesn't mean that Nurk is like bad. It it doesn't mean that Nurk is actually good and that you're like missing it. Consistency is his thing. It's just his thing. He, he He's not consistent and that's who he is and who he's going to be. He's still the best center on the roster uh, and there's some nights where they desperately need him. I think the best sign for Yusuf Nurkic was the Denver Nuggets game where he was buns to begin the game. Like he was bad. Uh, and he, he found a way to be impactful and still, you know, he, he committed a foul on literally the first defensive possession. And that foul was 30 feet from the rim. It was like putting his hands on someone on yoke on Nikola Jokic, like, you know, beyond the three point line, maybe his heels on the three point line, 24 and a half feet from the rim, like committing a foul on the, on the first, on the first snap of the game. Uh, like, and then he missed a bunch of layups. And then I thought he really found it and was, was competent and useful. He wasn't like, he didn't have this monster game, but he continued to rebound. He continued to be physical and aggressive against Nikola Jokic. He didn't, you know, he didn't back down. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't compound a mistake for mistakes with just being unplayable and them having to go another direction. Sure. Drew Eubanks came in and played well. I thought Drew Eubanks came in and, and was uh, just does what he does. He was a pest. Uh, he, he gets up in your shirt and, those minutes are valuable, but Nurk is still pretty clearly their best center, and you're just going to have to take him warts and all. Um, for those of you looking for an out, uh, it's funny. Whenever you ask, uh, whenever I ask mailbag questions, they're always about trades. Like, that's what people get excited about is player movement. Um, and I get it, but like, it's a little early in the season for that. No, let's wait till uh, like December 15th is really like the earnest start of trade season, and like the real start of trade season is, is January. Um, so like we're a little we're a little ways away from that. October, you're listening to Wednesday, October 26th show. So to answer the questions about your you know 
Am I concerned about Nurk? I mean, not any more than I was before. This is who he is. Uh, in the player capsule preview, I talked all about consistency. When he's in, he he has bouts of pretty serious inconsistency, and the lows are low. Uh, they and you feel it. Uh, you know, and it's like there's some nights when the Blazers are able to go small, and then they did so against the Kings. But you can't do that every night. You need him in there to to defend Anthony Davis. You need him in there to defend De- DeAndre Ayton, which he did really well. You need him in there to guard and bother Nikola Jokic, which I thought he did pretty good. Um, he was after a rough start, pretty good. Like, uh, you just gotta you just gotta take it with what you can get. Nurk is being paid a bunch of money. He's going to be hard to trade in the near term. Um, he is the Blazers' path. A good version of Yusuf Nurkic is the Blazers' path to probably being a consistently good defense to some extent. I worry that he doesn't fit what they want to do schematically, and at some point it's going to bite them, but um, it's who they have. And it's... it's They... They didn't... Because they weren't able to swing a larger trade when they came to free agency and had to sign Nurk, if they didn't choose to give Nurk the money, they were going to end up with minimum centers. Like they weren't going to have money to sign a center somewhere else. They gave the mid-level to Gary Payton. They would end up with no center. Um, maybe maybe somewhere in there you think that that's a better option. But like um, the problem is really just like the the length of Nurk's contract, probably not the average annual value of it. He's he's going to be hard to trade in the near term. I think they are mostly stuck with him. I will say um, Drew Eubanks plays really hard and he's really fun. And uh, I wouldn't give him like way more minutes than Nurk, but he can on on nights when his lack of range offensively, he just he doesn't really shoot. Um, from outside the paint, he's pretty he's really good shooting hook shots, but he's not going to get post touches. And he's a pretty he's a decent role man. Uh, like th- there are nights when Drew Eubanks can be a totally totally fine op- second option, totally totally like alternative, totally useful alternative. But uh, I'm not at the point where I think that that's the way for them to go by any means. Okay, let's let's talk Gary Payton the second to close the show. Uh, Gary Payton is likely to be re- they'll probably get a health update on Gary Payton later this week if the Blazers are true to their word, and that means that he could return to the lineup. Let's talk about what that might look like to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, whatever that might be. Every single NBA game, every single NFL game, college football all day long. You want to bet on boxing. You want to bet on MMA. You want to bet on golf. You want to bet on tennis. You want to bet on North American soccer leagues in their final stages of the playoffs. You want to bet on uh, soccer in Europe or all over this globe. You can go do that. You want to bet on the AFL, uh, the Australian Football League. You can go do that as well. It's all out there, baby. Go check it out. Uh, That's betonline.net where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. We're still rolling along with mailbag. This was the second most common question. The number one most common question I got was about Josh Hart. The second most common question was about Gary Payton the second. Everyone wants to know what's up with Gary. When's he coming back? And when he comes back, what's it gonna look like? Um, literally had four emails in my inbox with. Nearly identical questions, and uh, by my count on my sheet, let me look. I had I had eleven separate tweets about it. Uh, so that's fifteen Gary Payton the second questions. Everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know about Gary Payton. So let's talk about Gary Payton. Uh, the Blazers announced that he'll be reevaluated in two weeks at the beginning of, of October. That two week timeline would. Um, necessitate. I don't think that's the right word because it's not necessary. They can do whatever they want, unfortunately. Uh, but like 
in a perfect world, the Blazers would have to give a health update on Gary Payton at the end of this week, Thursday or Friday of this week. They would have to. They would do us a solid by by giving us an update on Gary Payton's health. From what I understand, he's not back playing five-on-five basketball yet, so it does not... Um, I haven't heard that was like a, maybe 10 days ago and a little less than that, maybe four days ago, last week sometime that I, that he wasn't back playing full five on five, full contact basketball yet. He just wasn't doing much basketball stuff. If he's not doing much basketball stuff last week, it's hard for me to believe this week is going to be like, yeah, Gary Payton's playing this weekend. So it's, we're talking November by the time he plays basketball again. Uh, it's just, I think it's a question of, is it, you know, the, the end of the first week of November or the end of the third week in November. Uh, I don't, maybe we'll get clarity on that later in the week. Uh, but I think right now we just don't, I, I don't know. Um, and I haven't heard, uh, an update since I had, since I had inquired on what was GP doing. And, and what I had heard was not, not five on five full contact basketball. He's not doing that yet. Uh, and I w- you would assume that they want him to like get back, and play, uh, getting some practices. You don't really, they don't really practice much and play much in, in once the season starts, cause just games happen all the time, but they got four days off this weekend. Uh, maybe you can get back out on the floor and you can kind of, they'll get a sense of where he's at physically and, and, um, and, uh, and then have a better sense of what, uh, of what may come in his future, but he's going to play at some point you would assume. And when he does, it will be, he, he's going to play. Like, it's not like he's out of the rotation. No one has outplayed him. Uh, I would assume that Gary Payton takes the Justice Winslow role. Uh, Winslow is playing your, you know, your 17 minutes a night off the bench type of role, 14 to 17 minutes a night off the bench uh, type of role. You know, you can stretch it a little more when you need it. When they went small, he played a little longer. Uh, but like, I think Gary Payton takes Justice Winslow's minutes. I think Justice Winslow is still in the rotation. I think Nazir Little is still in the rotation. I think Shaden Sharp is still in the rotation. I think Drew Eubanks plays on darn near every night. I think they just play 10. Right now, they're playing nine guys. A nine-man rotation is the most common rotation in the NBA because it's you play your starters in, in the low 30s. You play two guys off the bench in the low 20s. You play another guy off the bench in the teens. You play someone else 10 minutes a night. Bing, bang, boom. That's your rotation. Uh you know, mix and match based on whatever your positional needs are. But you can play 10. 10 is not out of the question. 11 is also almost impossible. Steve Kerr gets away with it because he's a mastermind and a wizard and he runs a... He he is uh, singular in that regard. Um, he can he can he can really get away with getting eleven in, but it's too many. Like it's just you can't get guys real real shifts. You're you're playing someone one four minute shift, which is just like not enough time. You run up and down a couple times. You, you get a couple touches. You're just not playing basketball. You don't get any rhythm. You could play ten though, and I think that's what they'll do. I think they'll play ten guys because I don't think you would stop playing Shane Sharp. That would be a mistake. I don't think you. Um, I don't think you totally nix Eubanks and only go small off the bench. You're going to need big minutes at some point. A lot of teams have other other centers, so you're going to need a second center in there. Justin Winslow has been good. Nazir Little, after a, a shaky opener, has been really, really solid, bringing you know at least one midi pull-up every game and good energy off the bench. Like He's not playing a ton of minutes, but he's been good. I don't think you nix his role. So I think you just play 10, and I think uh, Gary Payton is plays a plays basically the Winslow role. Like he's like comes in and plays a little bit of small forward gets to play a little bit of like three or whatever it is, but you might play alongside Winslow and, um, and Josh Hart. So it's like pick, I don't think positions are, are super meaningful in that case. We'll see who he guards. Uh, but like 
The trick will be if you play 10 to always have one of Damon Ant on the floor. I do not think you want to go with a full five-man unit. I just don't straight straight up do not want them to have a full five-man bench unit on the floor. I think that's just that's for it's for low, lower levels of basketball than the NBA. You got to get your good players on the floor. You got to stagger your good players. That's how NBA coaching works. So I think that's a little bit of a challenge, but I think pencil in Gary Payton for 17 minutes a night. Um, when he's ready to go and pencil him in for playing like the Justice Winslow role. A little bit of three, a little bit of four, some tough defensive assignments, some, you know, not a lot of, uh, you know, not a lot of on-ball reps or, or touches on offense, but that type of defensive impact. I, I think Gary Payton's going to be really good. Like, um, you, you watch the way this team plays when they're able to play the minutes with Hart and Winslow and Grant. Imagine just more minutes with more plus defenders on the court. Uh, imagine Gary Payne just eating a little bit into um, into Nazir Little's minutes. So he's like really only playing nine minutes a night. He's playing two, four and a half minute shifts each half. And you, Gary Payne just eats into his minutes a night. That's that's like the defense looks good, and you add another more versus more like a dude who will compete and get after it on defense. That's 100% why he's in the league and getting paid, and has some defensive versatility. Can switch more, can get after it. Can, is is a, one of the best theft artists in the league, one of the best steal and block guys for his position in the league. Um, you know, would have led the league in steal percentage if he had played more minutes. Like he just he he can he can cause turnovers and make it happen. That's exactly what they want to do on offense. He's going to fit and be great. Um, I just don't think he's like, he's not in line for a huge role and he's not going to steal anyone's minutes. I just think they go 10 deep. We will see when he gets back. Um, it'll happen in the 11th month though. It's going to happen in November. We'll just see when in November it is. I think that is is truly the big question. That is going to do it for Mailbag. Thanks so much for asking all the questions. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, it's, um, I'm going to I'm gonna misuse the word like athletes do. It's very humbling. That's not what humbling means. It's the it's literally the exact reverse of humbling. I'm not humbled by it, but I am like appreciated by it. It's it's like it's an ego boost, right? It's like all of you want to ask questions. It feels incredible. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much. Thanks for thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being excited about the show. Thank you for being excited about this basketball team. Thanks for rocking with me. Thank you. I appreciate you. I really do. If you want to get involved in a future mailbag, ask a question at LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. That is the best way to get in touch with me, period. Um, You can tweet at me, and I'll maybe tweet back something snarky. But if you want to, like, have a ask me a question that I'll respond to, the email address is the way to do it, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. I'll put it in the episode description for this episode if you forget it. Tell your friends about this podcast. The way um, people hear about podcasts is word of mouth. Like, that's... you know, there used to be this whole thing, rate and review and like and subscribe and do that, do that. Like and subscribe. Make sure you're everywhere on the pod. Like if you're, wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you subscribe. Do that, do that. That that matters. But the way that you can help me grow the show is to tell your friends about it. They'll say, hey, you, the Blazers are awesome. I'm excited about them. I'm, I want to get into the team. How do you get into the team? You say, I listen to Lockdown Blazers every single day. Tell them it's available on all platforms. Tell them it's five days a week. Tell them it's free wherever they're looking for us. Just search Lockdown Blazers and you'll find us. Why don't you make your second listen of the day, Locked on NBA? 30 minutes on the biggest stories in the league from the local experts in every market. Check it out. It's a bunch of fun. It's on YouTube and everywhere else. I appreciate you listening. The Blazers play a basketball game tomorrow. Uh, they play the Miami Heat. We will have, or tonight, I guess, as you're listening to this, is, is I'm recording this on Tuesday evening, uh, but they play a basketball game tonight. They play the Miami Heat. I'll be there. We will record. I will record a show after that happens. Check us out. That's what we do. It's a daily podcast. I appreciate you listening. I'll 
Eu tô aqui, senhor.